0: All right, our next film is one that I've been very anxious to talk about. I think this could be the next, the next big fight. Actually, no, I think I think you might like this one Which too. Which is but
1: interesting <laughs> because I was the one that was pushing for this film.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, I yeah, I mean, you brought it up a few times. Um, I yeah, but I was, I was looking like, forward to it. I just wasn't like sure super like gotta see it, you know, anything like that.
1: Sure, I just feel like. When we were talking about like a week or so ago, like things we should cover, I was like, I'm hearing really good things about the killing of two well, lovers. Well, that was just I a timing co- thing.
0: I wanted to do a whole bonus episode, but we just couldn't work okay. out. Yeah, sure. it, it wasn't. It wasn't that I wasn't excited about it. I was just. But I think. Like uh,
1: I'm talking about even before we proposed a bonus episode, like I was just talking like for the next week or last week's episode. Um, I was like, hey, this is one that we might want to put on the radar, and you're like, I guess I can mm, probably give a screen. You, you are. You
0: are. You are distorting reality a little bit here i am not (laughs) you're making it sound like you came to me with like just like a little change bucket of like spare change john (laughs) i don't know i remember it being a little bit more flippant like that i was like oh i guess there's killing up two lovers but who cares i see i'm doing the same thing
1: i see i I would review the (laughs) tape but go ahead and uh uh check or introduce this movie i mean
0: all right the killing of two lovers and th- this is probably the extent of the the heat between the two of us but yeah this is a new indie drama it was written directed produced and edited by robert mccoyan it takes place in utah it stars clean crawford sepi de muafi chris coy avery pizzuto ari graham and ezra graham and it actually premiered at Sundance last year. That's when I first heard about it. And Neon got the rights to it, uh, I think, uh, not too long ago. I think like end of 2020, Neon got the distribution. And I do. I really wanted to see it sun, this at Sundance last year, but just didn't quite get to it. But I heard really good things. And its Rotten Tomato score is interesting. It's an 88%. So it's a little bit lower than I thought it would be, because I think this movie is Terrific! One of my favorite movies of the year. I'm very anxious to talk about it. I think that it's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a shame that it's kind of being like, it feels like it's kind of like being dumped right now in like early summer when I think that it's it's something that deserves way more attention. But I, I want to highlight to, Clayne Crawford is the main guy in this movie. What a performance! It's one of the performances that I think at the end of the year when we're looking in like the Oscar conversation, I'll be. Just in so much pain because i think that he is one of the most worthy actors of getting like a best actor nomination and i'm feeling like that's not going to happen (laughs) very unlikely the setup for this movie is that clane crawford is the estranged father of these kids Uh, estranged only in the sense that his wife uh, and him have been having a falling out they got married when they were very young still in high school Uh, because she got pregnant so they have a teenage daughter and three boys and she is starting to kind of move on from the relationship even though they are not legally divorced they have been separated trying to figure things out and we really just watch this man in snowy utah he's staying with his father not too far from the house itself and he is just silently painfully grieving his situation and most of this movie is us sort of peeking into his psyche uh, the good the bad and the terrible because there uh, most of this movie kind of shows how he is with people on the outside which is you know vulnerable he is trying to be understanding of the situation he's trying to win back his wife um, who is starting to see another man but the movie also shows us because it's, it's you know, sometimes it feels like it's just in real time. There are a lot of long takes in this. It shows us that know that underneath there is something really dark, something really toxic, struggling to get out. And he doesn't quite know what to do with it. I think that of the movies I've seen very recently, the last year or so, uh, or maybe a couple of years, this to me is one of the best films at capturing the multidimensional dimensional issues that men face and that men struggle with and don't i think always have the tools to process and to express in a healthy way and i found this would be so instructive in that sense and beneficial for people to see to kind of understand like yeah men come off a certain way sometimes but there can be something really dark underneath that needs to be resolved because if it isn't it can result in something really bad. Uh, So I'm I'm a huge fan of this movie, but it sounds like you got something (laughs) you want to bring up.
1: I was just going to say a good old classic example of what they call on Twitter, toxic masculinity.
0: It's a buzzword at this point, a loaded term sure. for sure. And I think sometimes people hear toxic masculinity and they're like, you're just trying, you're anti-man. You're you're just trying to make men sure. the villain of every story. And I think that that is not, first of all, that's not the way that I use the term. That is not way, the way that I think that people should use it. Ter- it's not about that. It It really is yeah. something that's I- trying to benefit and yeah. help men to overcome a lot of these problems. So I just want to be super clear about that because like, Sometimes we, I'm just saying, like I don't think we use the word wrong or anything, but I think some people hear that it's like the word woke. It just gets like bastardized by people with bad intentions trying to like sure create problems, you know? And so I I just wanted to put that out there that I think that this movie, please, please do not hear us being like men are the worst. It's nothing like that.
1: Sure. Well, we're two dudes just talking it out. Um We're
0: here we're here for our bros. That's all I'm saying.
1: Sure. Dudes rock. Um yeah, uh, well, to be fair, talk to masculinity is a phrase, not a word, but I do agree with you otherwise. Sorry, a yeah, um, yeah.
0: term, you know, yeah, yeah.
1: Yes. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, that's definitely, I think, I mean, when I was reading about the film, I didn't see anything about it going into it, but when I just kind of read the general synopsis, I was like, yeah, that, that sounds like my bag. And sure enough, I did like it quite a bit. Yeah, I think what impresses me about the film is how it's able to communicate, as you were mentioning this sort of heightened sense of intensity and like this like overwhelming sense of dread while also incorporating another different sort of dread that's like a different vibe but it's rather seamless in the film which is a sort of like domestic discomfort and like this kind of like small scale sense of like like not a lot is really happening in his life but like there is like this constant sense of like he's going to say or do the wrong thing and, like, everything's just going to blow up in his face. Like, even beyond the kind of general sense of, like, he might do something really bad to other people. Like, there's this, like, sense of, like, he's going to slip up and, like, say the wrong thing to his daughter and that's going to, like, drive him away from his wife even more and, like, he's going to not really be there for his kids more than he already is at this point. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's a very showy film, which... uh I admire and it also kind of bugs me because it's, it's so style heavy that it just kind of feels like because this is a new and upcoming filmmaker that they're almost kind of like showing off being like, look what I can do. Like, look how I can incorporate negative space. Look how I can use the box frame or like, um what do you call that? Where it's like everything now looks like it's like filmed the in a box. Ratio of it yeah,
0: aspect ratio Yeah, aspect
1: ratio. Yeah, but what the, I forget what, is that 1.4 or no, is No, um, 4.3, 4
0: by 3 I think 4.3. is it.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's what I meant. Um, because it it does shift at one point to like yeah. I think one point something, but I won't specify when because that's a spoiler. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I agree with everything you said. I mean, in terms of like the themes and the thematics of it, it's a very well done character drama, very focused character drama, uh, and it's also a brisk. I think eighty-seven minutes. Um, I know it's under ninety minutes, which I also it's eighty-four really minutes. Yeah, it was close. eighty-four. Yeah. It's real it's a real tight firecracker of a movie.
0: It is, yeah. There's no fluff in this whatsoever. Yeah, to me it's like kind of the reverse of the Hateful Eight in terms of its cinematography. That was a movie that had these massive landscapes for only part of it, but then like most of it was interior. So you had like a 70 millimeter like widescreen experience, but interior, indoors. This movie has a lot of landscapes. It has a lot of this movie is spent outside. Um, almost, almost the vast all of it, majority yeah. of it is outside Yeah. but yeah it's boxed in and I think that yeah it's the reverse in that sense and I, I think that it serves the story personally I don't think it's it's flashy for the sake of it I do think I'm
1: not saying it's flashy for the sake of it I'm just saying it's just the presentation of the film is pretty showy just in terms of like look what I can yeah. do but I agree with you that it does serve the point of the film so it's not like it's just bad I don't, I, I, I don't know if I'm explaining myself it's, I but, don't think it's gratuitous
0: um, is what I'm saying
1: yeah exactly yeah
0: and I I, agree. I I think that like it's helped a lot because this movie kind of lives and dies by the central performance. If if Crawford isn't good in this, then it doesn't yeah. work.
1: Who uh, produced it as well, I believe, right?
0: Uh, he did, yeah. Um he produced yeah. it along with uh, yeah, Robert McCoy and the director and Scott Christopherson. But he he has to balance such a difficult, almost impossible line between being sympathetic and pitiful and outright villainous because the movie starts with a moment that immediately sets our minds about him and then the rest of the movie has to sort of bring all of that to a more multi-dimensional and more 360 degree view of a human being and i it feels almost like a magic trick the way that the movie pulls it off, because it does it without ever going down this road of being like hey, even if even if if somebody does something super terrible and super wrong, you just sort of have to forgive them, you know, sans anything else. And I, I think the, the the fact that the movie is so tight and it avoids that problem, I think is the mark of a really focused filmmaker who had a lot of confidence in what he had to say. And And I think that, man, this movie is just devastating. Like watching this guy, this dad with his kids and just like the painfulness of niceness You know this like halfway insincere like congenial performance within a performance where he's being a certain way in order to get something he wants Uh, but the thing that he wants is something that is like understandable of course he wants to you know save his marriage he wants to be with his kids but i think yeah the, the movie also reckons with his intentions of him trying to like win back his marriage and yeah i'll just say this movie's last like 15 minutes were just jaw-dropping to me like i i could like i thought i had this movie figured out and i i still am like processing kind of where it goes from there how it deals with certain things and it's just yeah it's it's a it's a knockout for me
1: yeah i mean i wish i was as positive as you are but i definitely agree that um everything that you're saying is key to why I find it to be a very good film, and uh, I generally just tend to enjoy films like this that uh, tend to be very specific in their focus and have a very intent point, but they also find the sort of dry and dark humor of their, their kind of sad and, and as you said, pathetic main character. It's a very kind of like Jodie Hill type thing, um, and I guess to some extent the Coens as well, <laughs> uh, since we brought them up before. Sure. But But... Um, but yeah, I mean, I agree with you that I think the director here, he has a very uh, specific and pointed sense of style and a very clear idea of who he wants his character to be and how he wants to communicate that. And likewise, through Clance Crawford's performance, he's able to channel that uh, that sense of discomfort and anxiety and dread in a way that that is uh, unnerving but not overly taxing. And I think also that's key to why being 84 minutes is why this works really well because like i can't imagine this they them pulling this off at a like even 104 minute runtime. uh so yeah i mean very a very economical film in that sense as well and uh yeah just a good just a good film
0: very tense you know i was you know some of these scenes i'm like sitting at the edge of my seat literally like i can't like relax you know (laughs) like i'm just like what in the world is going to happen next such a such a great debut film in that in that sense that he was able to pull that off. I was very compelled by it, and you know I kind of got into this in the beginning. I just I just think that there's something so simple but also so valuable about a character study like this, where I, I just think that sometimes I I just get the feeling that I like the the demons that men face are sort of like written off or downplayed, and there's a just, there's a real problem with with violence and how men use violence to sort of like get past their emotional hangups. And I think ultimately that's what this film is about. And I think it actually has something a little unconventional to say about that in a way that kind of surprised me. I think it was, it was headed toward an ending where I think that could have been totally trite and definitely not the kind of like where it ends up being, where it ends up being like one of the most claustrophobic scenes I've ever seen in the outdoors you know like it's just it really is one of those things and i i don't i, I think toxic masculinity is the way to is, the, is certainly a uh, an effective descriptor um despite it the way i think some people misuse that term but to me i'd see it more as like a a masculinity in crisis more than anything else and i i think that this movie is just trying to like reckon with that my only issues with it will hold me back from this being like a home run in every sense is i i think that the the father character is a little underutilized i think they kind of drops and threads with that i think they maybe end the movie a little bit too soon to maybe get into the dynamic between the father and son i think that that's that's kind of just like spoken about but it's not quite and it doesn't really go anywhere where i thought that was kind of a little misleading almost um i'm not sure if that's fair to say to be honest
1: um i, I don't think it's misleading but i think they they could have done a little bit more to set up his character to make the ending hit a little bit harder
0: yeah it, I mean, to me, it would make sense to bring the dad more into it because ultimately it's a movie about dads. And sure. I just think that, yeah, he's yeah. L- barely a side character. So, yeah, th- th- to me, just felt like a missed opportunity, if anything, but doesn't yeah. wreck the movie whatsoever.
1: I mean, just based on how the movie chooses to incorporate his character at the end, it just kind of feels like they they could done a little bit more to set that up, especially with the the lean runtime. But sure. yeah, I mean, I don't think it's ineffective how they incorporate him in the film as it is.
0: But yeah, I've said a lot. (laughs) Clearly, I'm a big fan of this movie. I hope a lot of people watch it. And uh, I don't think, you know, I'm going to give it a pretty high grade. I don't think everyone's going to have the same experience with it. I think some people are going to maybe not love this movie as much. I could see some people being bored by it because they're just not on its wavelength. I I could see that happening and that would be a shame. But I hope people check it out anyway because I think that's a worthwhile experience for sure. So I'm an A- on The Killing of Two Lovers. Definitely one of my favorites of 2021 that i've seen so far uh what about you will ashen b minus c plus how are we feeling
1: (laughs) uh i'm not as high as you are but not too far from it either i'd I'd give it a firm b plus i just think it generally works the way it's intended to and i found it to be appropriately unnerving um i yeah i mean i i did find its presentation maybe a little too flashy It, it did almost take me out of the film at times but at the same time, I think it's very smartly executed. Uh, I think it knows exactly what it wants to be, and by and large, I think it pulls it off. So, good stuff.
0: I just said B minus to guard my heart. Also, we didn't mention the sound editing in this. There's some of that kind of incorporated. That
1: yeah, the score is really uh, unique.
0: It is. It is. It's. It's. I, this is a whole episode of movies that are their own thing, <laughs> in, in some ways, at least for for some of these movies. But yeah, I I thought that it was pretty effective. I whenever like these like sound cues started happening i was like "Uh oh you know and it was a very weirdly almost like unexpectedly effective way of getting into his head that i i just found different uh different in a good way
1: you you say all these movies are different but at their core they all are about like these hyper masculine men who have troubled relationships with their daughters
0: (laughs) i mean isn't that like most movies in general to be fair
1: sure but it's like they're very specifically all about that so it's just kind of a fascinating That's thing that like act. yeah totally they're all over the map yeah yeah but like at their core they're all kind of similar at the same time they do so. they do have a running oh, th- yeah, yeah this
0: episode of cinemaholics has a running theme that is to be certain daddy issues <laughs> yeah daddy issues <laughs> just, for sure all yeah. right on that note <laughs> killing of two lovers uh it is available to watch uh, i believe it's in select theaters and vod i think i'm not 100 sure about that Uh, I I think you can watch it on VOD right now. Maybe virtual cinemas. It is just 84 minutes long, as we mentioned. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Be sure to subscribe to Cinemaholics on your favorite podcast app of choice or find us on YouTube. See you all next time.